bigger losers than Donald Trump, it's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast every week by me, Henry Gilbert, that's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, on Twitter. Uh, a loser, only a, only a loser can tell another loser, 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 you're a loser, you're fat, loser. you're the China people. <laughs> China. Uh, hey, and, and I, I'm here with the uh, regular old uh, cast here, Chris Antista. Hey, look at that. I turned it back on after a three-hour-long nightmare. And also the walking Dave. Hi. Dave Rudden. Hi, Dave. That's usually a reversal. I normally give Chris the, the driving sound, I think. but uh, It's more appropriate. Uh, I was a professional driver is what I'm saying. So... You're a much better driver years. than me, I'm certain. Comics are, to, are defined as still images with, with accompanying text. Does Frankyoc.com count? Uh, it does Because I've yes. been reading a lot of that. Oh, oh my God. God. Question. Excellent yeah. question. Hey, dive a dog. You um, can go to Frankyoc.com or mm. read all about it on LaserTimePodcast.com. But yeah, it's so a new good. meme generator that like I feel like Fox should just buy it from them because yeah. they just did their job for them. It's the best looking images of every mm. second of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Set to the words said in those scenes for the yeah. first fifteen years. It's, it's, it's crazy, nuts. and then, <laughs> that I'm constantly, for whatever reason, that's none of your business. It's, taking screenshots from The Simpsons, and they're so much better yeah. than like. And I go way out of my way to yeah. make them as good as possible, mm-hmm. and they're really good. They get the bet, yeah. And it was so fun. I used it twice today already, and I think I'll be using it quite a lot. Where I was writing an article, and then I said I just wrote in a Simpsons quote. And then I thought, oh wait, I could just get the picture of this. <laughs> and then, and then the same when somebody was tweeting at us like, "Hey, I think you got technical difficulties." Yeah. Then I thought, "Hey, I should get the technical difficulties <laughs> image from the Simpsons and tweet it at them." Oh, was it the the drunk guy? Uh, <laughs> no, it's the cuckoo clock. Uh, Kent Ken Brockman. Yeah. I forget the line. See, I knew the line that was said right before cuckoo clock. Brockman head, which is it's in Revelations, people. Revelations, people. But in the, I don't remember what happens right before the. Oh, I bet it's when the dummy falls apart on the Krusty mm-hmm. show. I this think is going to have crazy oh, implications yeah. for Destructoid oh, articles. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is an obscure joke. I, yeah. I guess <laughs> I picked like four. I just put in Batman and then put four different images from Batman. It's not just, Batman. It's not Batman. <laughs> Dad, this guy's not Batman. <laughs> and all these things. Like, uh, Batman's so, a scientist. Well, hey, we're getting back on the subject of comic books, which is good because true. that is what this podcast is mm-hmm. about, where we talk about sequential art and the things that are based upon them, like television shows and movies. And uh, we talk about what we've been reading and your answers to the question of the week. But what's most important is that we start with the superhero spotlight. Radioactive man. <laughs> and uh, this this one is so easy to know based on her very memorable 1984 theme. Mm. Ah! I just threw this DVD up. <laughs> I did. Did you go to a Popeyes afterwards? <laughs> that is so fucking terrible, man. I, it is. I hate I hate using that image with current me for the uh-huh. uh, for the Supergirl episode, but that is so fucked up. Now, and her first emergence is in front of, like, on top of a Popeye's fried chicken. Do they what? eat the Popeyes at all? Or? No, it's no, just but like, it's, but like, yeah. it centers her. Her introduction as Supergirl yeah. centers around a fucking Popeyes. I know it's crazy that that and Supergirl is officially the, this week's uh, yes Supergirl. Supergirl spotlight. And yeah, that her that movie though is so cheap, like. Mm-hmm. I guess they had to do that Popeye's fight just to get or Popeye scene just to get a little more money. She fights an invisible monster in it. That's how cheap that movie is. Oh man, I was quick aside. Like Cracked has this article about how sh- shows that ran out of money and how they dealt with it. Uh-huh. And one of them is Batman nineteen sixty six had a fight against invisible characters because they couldn't <laughs> they couldn't afford actors to fight Burt wow. Ward. And uh, the show was fascinating. It yeah. was uh, very successful for a year, and then it's like, well, we'll air it four times a yeah. week and. <laughs> Lasted three years, but made hundreds of episodes. Yeah, Batman yeah on, on top of the fighting invisible characters, then Batman realizes we can uh, even the odds if we just turn off the lights. So then there's they're fighting <laughs> in the darkness, darkness, and you just see the the tiles. All you have to pop go up. is just trumpet flares. Yeah, wow. that is that's. Uh, I mean, that's a, just a joke. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty hilarious, really. But you know, Supergirl, I could give you her origin, but why don't I let her do it? When I was a child, my planet Krypton was dying. I was sent to Earth to protect my cousin. But my pod got knocked off course, and by the time I got here, my cousin had already grown up and become Superman. 
I am Supergirl. Ooh, that's, is that the intro to the new show that I've ever seen? Yeah, that's uh, cho- I chopped out a little bit more exposition in there, but yes, that is the intro. That's Melissa Benoit or Ben oh, Benoist. Uh-huh. I, I don't no know. One survivor. Yeah, that, <laughs> that uh, yeah, formerly of Glee, and now she is wow. Kara, uh, aka Supergirl, on the hit show. And there's some big Supergirl news we'll get to later, but. Let's talk about where she all began. So is it, does the, that intro imply she was older than Kal-El? Yeah, that's a, that's a recent change to her origin, a semi-recent change to okay. her origin. But yeah, that she she knew Kal-El as a baby and then came back and she yeah. hadn't aged, but he had gotten into I his immediately wanted 30s. to throw a table over. I was sent, sent to Earth to protect my cousin? Like, <laughs> really? Like, of all people? Well, it makes sense that the, if he's a baby yeah, on yeah. the planet, if if, so... If he's a defenseless baby, protection. that totally makes sense. Exactly. Uh, so her first appearance is kind of muddy, though that's not to, not a surprise because Kara Zor-El's entire life and the life of Supergirl is so messy, mm. thanks to a ton of reboots just, like, screwing up Did her life. Did she even have an origin story to begin with? It was just uh, like, it's the girl version of Superman. It was built over time. So it's it's pretty interesting that, so August 1958, Superman mm. issue 123, they do a comic about Super-Girl, who mm. is, like, a magically created clone of Superman that dies at the end of the comic, uh, like, really? wished into existence by Jimmy Olsen. And she looks just like the Supergirl we know, blonde hair, mini skirts, mm-hmm. and look of Superman. They kill her off of the issue, and behind the scenes, it was a test to see if people would want a regular Supergirl Super to actually exist. Is this, does she predate Superboy? No, no, no. Superboy was like 1940s. They were already telling the story of Superboy. Wow. And there were even there were a ton of stories. Because Superman stories are ridiculous mm-hmm. before the 1970s. Ridiculously they're, fun. They're amazing. I actually love them. They're so ridiculous. But there were there was a story where Superboy became Supergirl because of a, a magical gender swap where he was Claire Kent. Uh, I find that problematic, and you can see my think piece on that in 20 minutes. <laughs> and there was a super... Lois Lane became Superwoman for a day after taking a magic space pill. There's been... <laughs> there were lots of female versions of Superman. Sure. But this... Only one Kara. Then Kara Zarel introduced less than a year later, May 1959, in Action Comics 252, one of the most famous DC covers of all time of Supergirl emerging from her space pod. And like, that's right, Cal, I'm here to save the day. And what's funny behind the scenes is so she was created by Otto Bender, was a writer, mm-hmm. with Al Pastino. <laughs> and such Kurt. a 1950s wow. Otto, name. Otto Bender is like the best Futurama it, it really season mashup. <laughs> and, and Al Pastino and Kurt Swan doing the art. And uh, Binder had worked on a bunch of comics. He had been a Captain Marvel writer before that and had Mm. written on Captain America. And in both those cases, he had created the female equivalent. He, He was interested in doing that. Mary Marvel exists because he created her. Miss America, who not America Chavez today, but that Miss America didn't take off so much. But that was his thing. Like, if you wanted a female character that wasn't Wonder Woman in the 50s, Otto Binder probably made her in the, in the mainstream comic. Traditionally, she's known as Kara Zor-El. That's how she is there. And the short version of her life is that, okay, so you got Krypton, right? Mm-hmm. When Krypton explodes, a city is able to be saved by Zor-El. The brother of Jor-El, Superman's father. Mm-hmm. That's Argo City, and it's a chunk of uh, this thing under under a you know Simpsons-esque dome. Yes, under it's glass. Dome, dome City in outer space, and on that planet, Zor-El meets Kara's mother. They have mm-hmm. a child through sex. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, um, you, nice. never so with, you never know. Yeah, you never know with Kryptonian. Could have downloaded it from the hive. But. <laughs> Uh, and so Kara grows up to be 16, and when she turns 16, the planet's soil, because it is Krypton rocks, mm-hmm. turns to kryptonite and starts poisoning the entire uh, planet, or the, what's left of the city yeah, of Argo. Yeah, if the planet is ready to explode, maybe building a civilization <laughs> on what's left of it. Uh, it sounds science at first, but it just, it's yeah. not sustainable. They should have, you'd figure after five years they'd be like... Yeah, let's find a planet. Like, but I guess they can't really build a spaceship. But actually, they do build a spaceship, and they send her to Earth, where she meets up with Cal. But only her. Only her. But There's why? only space. Why? Well, technically, because behind the scenes, because the rule was Superman is the only son of Krypton. Okay. He's the last son of Krypton, and there can be no other male Kryptonian survivors. Mm. 
but because there was only space in the rocket for her, and it becomes kind okay. of a repeat of Superman's saving as well. Can they, like, they get multiple children in it instead? <laughs> but they're not trying to save them yeah. at this point. They're no. not. It's not the same situation as Kal El. Right. But is it? Is it? Does it operate on like she's going to save him, or is she going no, to find him? No, that wasn't it. She's just like, yeah, just hang out with her. And they okay. gave her a costume. She pops out full in costume because mm-hmm. they tell her. You should wear a costume so Superman will know you're his friend. You'll be wearing his outfits. Yeah, it's worked out. It doesn't make much <laughs> sense. Uh, and so then Superman kind of sets up a secret identity for her, and she becomes Linda Lee Danvers. Ooh. That's her name, which is why Carol Danvers yeah. is is that name. It was a tribute. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel and Marvel Comics. Her name is Carol Danvers as a tribute to Linda Lee Danvers. Mm. For about 15 years, uh, Supergirl just kind of has like backup adventures mm-hmm. in Superman comics. She goes to Midvale High School. Lots of buying of makeup. She, yeah, a lot, and has many boyfriends, including... Uh, Brainiac 5 from the 30th century, uh, Jero the Merboy, and from Atlantis, and lastly, the most confusing of all is Comet, the super horse, who, well, so he was a centaur, and they fell in love. Which, then, which side which wait, wait, was she in love with, though? So she fell in love with her, her horse before no, it was she fell horse? in love with this. She fell in love with a man who was a centaur, and unbeknownst to her, I believe, he then chooses to become a full horse, but a super horse... To live with her forever. So how about uh-huh. this? I will start watching Supergirl on CBS <laughs> when they introduce Comet. I, I bet that's a season four thing. It does seem like it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was also Streaky, her cat, who occasionally got superpowers of his own. <laughs> Wait, she dated her cat, too? Cat. No, no. Okay. She was there already a super dog? dog? Yeah, Crypt- that's Crypto, Crypto, the super dog. Yeah, so, so the dog already existed. Yeah, he was Superboy's pet. Now she got Streaky, the super cat. And then she even got her own books. Like in 1969, she had to star in Adventure Comics. She was the lead role in that. And in, from 1972 to 1974, she got her own title, Supergirl Comics. And that was the first time Supergirl had a Had a comic that was headlined by huh. her, yes. She was the lead feature in Adventure Comics, but it, from 72 to 74. So, so I always find that hard to believe that action comics existed that long. It's just like, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. It's a blind box of comics. It's like, and it's like action. It's did just, you want to yeah. see Supergirl? Wait. <laughs> Wait. She'll not, be in here until you this get year. eight pages of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, unfortunately for Kara Zarel, Crisis of Infinite Earths happened. Mm. And among that... In what, was a, in what year? That was 1985. Mm-hmm. Well, it ended in 86, but what happens sure. to her that's important is in 85. Okay. So, Crisis of Infinite Earth is a, in case you don't know, a massive DC line reboot. Everything changes. Worlds die, worlds live, all this stuff. And one Dogs of the, and cats living together. And John Byrne was taking over Superman. And one mm-hmm. of his main points that he wanted with Superman was... He was sick of Kryptonians everywhere. There was the Bottle City of Candor. There were mm-hmm. there were there was Crypto the dog. There were Kryptonians everywhere, and that included Kara. Mm-hmm. And he said, "No, Clark Kent has to be the only really? Kryptonian alive. The only one." It was an across the board rule, like no other Kryptonians. I know. Than, I know what happens to Superboy, Superman. but yeah, he but, just stopped existing, or he yeah. just didn't happen. But same deal with Kara. So she gets a huh. she gets. A big dramatic death scene in Crisis of Infinite Earth 8. You've probably famous seen cover. the famous cover of Superman mm-hmm. holding her corpse. The only thing that dates it is her stupid oh my head. God. She what? has a headband on, which was her 80s outfit, ah. to just make her like, oh, cool and current Supergirl. She has a bow in her hair, as was the style in the 80s. And she also got a great little goodbye in Alan Moore's uh, Whatever Happened to the, the Man, Man of Tomorrow, Tomorrow. comic, mm-hmm. where Supergirl from the past is in the future hanging out with the Legion of Superheroes and then comes back in time to meet the future Superman and she says like hey why aren't I here I should mm-hmm. shouldn't I be able to you know see her and then they're just like oh she's um, away she's away <laughs> see ya Kara <laughs> like, yeah I actually they refer to their god as the name of the DC editor in chief no, no, no but but well, I actually did. This is one of my favorite things I got to do in video games journalism. I got to interview Marv Wolfman, Ooh. who was the writer of a billion things, including mm-hmm. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. And I asked him. He was working on the DC Universe Online game. Sure. So that's why I got to ask him. I, I said, "Are you are you annoyed that you're the guy who was known as the guy who killed Flash?" And he said, "Actually, no. I'm known as the guy who killed Supergirl." Ooh. And like. 
That meant a whole lot more to him, really. How, how long was Supergirl dead dead? Well, it depends on what you classify as coming back. A Supergirl did not exist until 1988. So only three really? years. It was only that still seems long. Yeah. yeah Especially, was, you know, in these times of like a reboot every yeah. 18 months. I know. It's, it's nuts. But they, mm-hmm. they... So by 1988, huh. they started loosening the grip on things. Mm-hmm. And they created a pocket universe where Superman met... Matrix, who is a pile of goo, <laughs> synthetic thing that can become whatever she wants. And she decides... Yeah, he was my favorite character in Clay Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> so she decides to become Lana Lang. Mm. And she thinks she's Lana Lang. Mm. Uh, but she's built by good Lex Luthor in another universe. Ooh. She's then... Her universe dies and comes to our... To come, not our universe, but comes to the my main universe. universe. And she decides, I'm going to be Supergirl. I'll have blonde hair. And, look. and so she just transforms into somebody that looks like Kara, but she isn't. Isn't Kara. And on top of that, she dates the evil Lex Luthor, who of course is posing as his own son in a cloned body of himself after mm. he died from kryptonite poisoning. Of course. And radiation. Well, I say that there because <laughs> we talked about the 50s comics, just, yeah. the 60s comics just a little bit ago about... Streaky the super cat, how stupid. Yes. But when I explain that nineties thing, like that's no more ridiculous. It's, it's yeah. Like, yeah. And I, 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 I love I, I hate I love that as much as I hate it. <laughs> like the the chances DC takes to be yeah. weird. And yeah. like and when you're living when you're living through those moments and reading those as kids throughout the year, it doesn't seem that weird <laughs> when it's spaced out but over this, the period of time. I wanna is, Yeah. <laughs> this is three years after DC was like, let's make things way less complicated and thin things out. And then they and then surprise people yeah. by complicating things. But like <laughs> yeah. again, it's not happening yeah. all in one moment. It's happening yeah. over the course of several, like yeah. twelve months at a time. Yeah, and it's this weird, it's this pendulum swing they've mm-hmm. been doing ever since Crisis of Infinite Earth, sure. which is just like, oh no, we got to get away yeah. from all this old stuff. But then we got to simplify things but, until we don't. But then the writers and artists who love the old stuff sure. get more power, and they're like, why don't we do it yeah. more like the old thing? And <laughs> it kind of moves back, and they're like, no, now it's too complicated again. Reboot and that was on that swing. So the cosmic balance continues. And the <laughs> Matrix version of uh, that sounds silly. The Matrix <laughs> version of Supergirl. <laughs> she had all the Superman powers. She does kung fu, but she also had shape shifting powers and could turn invisible. Mm. So she had all that going for her as well. If you read the Death of Superman comic like me and mm-hmm. didn't know all this other stuff, you just see, oh, Supergirl's helping him fight Doomsday. And then Doomsday punches her so hard that she reverts back to her purple goo self. Oh, yeah. And when I read that as someone who had no wow. clue what was going no, on, I was I like, didn't know that. what the hell is this? <laughs> well, why is Supergirl a pile of goo? And there was no Wikipedia to wow. explain it. So then Supergirl kind of just is like functioning in the background for a while until 1996. Mm-hmm. She finally gets her own book. And that's by Peter David, who really found a good niche for her. Like, number this, this is after the movie. You no, know, yeah, in '84. It's is funny the movie. that '84 the movie happens, and then in '85 they kill her, <laughs> which I think maybe tells you they're like well, the movie didn't do that care. well it was no. outrageously expensive mm-hmm. uh, Helen Slater is played she's, Supergirl she's Supergirl the I Faye Dunaway's name she's first. played another role in the DC Universe hasn't she in Smallville uh, you know, I think she's in the I, new I, I'm she might sure, be the new yeah. one yeah they actually make a point of casting old Supergirls mm-hmm. on the Supergirl show like not just her but the Smallville Supergirl will also be appearing on the, the, the movie too. is an unmitigated disaster I believe they, they paid more for like the titles than like two thirds mm. of the movie the titles <laughs> yeah. are notably expensive uh, it's, Peter O'Toole yeah. is in it's squirt mm. we do a whole laser time episode on that and the <laughs> only person to appear from any other Superman film is Jimmy Olsen who for the longest time had the shriek of the person who had appeared in the most comic wow. book movies until Hugh Jackman <laughs> I believe darn Hugh Jackman mm-hmm. so Peter David decides obviously we can't have a purple pile of goo being Supergirl so he humanized her by having her meld with human Linda Danvers mm. and who owns a cat named Streaky and it was this kind of return to form for her though also at that point that's when Supergirl while still having the you know, blonde looks and everything she took on the looks more of the Kara that was in the Superman animated series which sure. is just white t-shirt and, and a short oh. skirt and red cape then some stuff with angels and demons came in there too and my it, favorite Beach Boys song by the, by the series conclusion uh, Linda just kind of Peter David ended his book by having her just kind of subsumed into heaven or whatever and just ended on this thing of for him pretending like he was bringing back classic Kara Zor-El mm-hmm. and then not doing it and just saying, oh, I quit being Supergirl. Goodbye. And then she just leaves. And then nobody talks about the Matrix Supergirl anytime since. <laughs> when Infinite Crisis happens, mm-hmm. uh, so then there's a there's a two-hit 
combo of two th- in 2004. <laughs> Infinite Crisis begins, which completely erases, like doesn't even recognize Linda Danvers, aka Matrix, ever happening. And then second, it also gets rid of another Supergirl they created for like nine months who was, her name was Cyril, C-I-R-L, and she was Clark and Lois' daughter from the future. I learned how to code in Cyril. <laughs> but the other change came when in Batman slash Superman Ooh. by Jeff Loeb and Michael Turner. Mm-hmm. That's when they finally just shrugged and were like, no. Kara's back. She's a Kryptonian. Yeah. Screw it. Like, mm-hmm. let's finally... It was They finally allowed her to be a Kryptonian. And that's basically where the setup for the Supergirl TV show came into. Mm-hmm. That's when she, she arrived. She had been in suspended animation. And she's like, no, I lived through Krypton. You were a baby when you left, Clark. Like, mm-hmm. I lived there. And there was, like, cool scenes where she said, oh, you think that's Brainiac? No, I've met Brainiac. That's not what he looks <laughs> like. And it was... It led to some interesting stuff, though. They also darkened her quite a bit. Mm-hmm. They actually went... In Jeff Loeb's first mm-hmm. run on Supergirl, he had her get mind control to a certain extent and murder people mm-hmm. and show that her father had, wow. like... father had mentally uh, manipulated her to do that. But then the very next writer to come on was like, that was all a dream, thanks to Black Kryptonite. That didn't happen. Like, no. <laughs> I'm Black Kryptonite. <laughs> oh, what? And, and then that takes us to... So then she had some adventures. Then that takes us to 2011 and Flashpoint, which once again reset yeah. her all over. So that's when she, one more time, lands on Earth and meets Superman and... But starts, a new or as it's the new same again, character? Yeah. It is Kara Zarell again yes. with basically the same mm-hmm. setup, but this time she's way angrier and that she doesn't listen to Superman. She's aggro mm-hmm. and tough, just like the new 52 yeah. does it, man. She even kills Lobo. She kills <laughs> Lobo. Or a Lobo. It's a shitty Lobo. They kind of killed him just so they could bring back in. Sheriff Lobo. <laughs> and, that, and then she became a Red Lantern, which are the raging, the angry, bloodthirsty yeah. killers of, of Green Lantern stuff. And then her book ended up getting canceled. And now she's just in limbo once again in the DC books, which was an awkward thing for them to say, we have this hit show on TV of Supergirl. And we don't have a comic. What? What's wrong? With wow. I, well, even I feel ignorant to that. There wasn't a Supergirl comic as part of the New Fifty Two. There was, but it got canceled into like, it. Like it did it in about a year ago. It got canceled. Okay. So, so DC yeah. is doing uh, on accident what Marvel does on purpose and not have a comic. <laughs> yeah, no, the they chose to. Yeah, <laughs> their sexism was accidental. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't know to be sexist. So yeah, she had the nineteen eighty four film. Kara was on Smallville in season seven, and she eventually got written out of the show by just going into the future with a legion of superheroes, as she is wont to do. Uh, and then, same with on the animated series, in the Superman yeah. animated series universe. She fell in love with Brainiac 5 and moved to the future with him, too, because she just thought, I feel more comfortable in the future, Superman. I can't, I can't live on Earth. It's too weird for me. My memories are too vague of the DC animated film Superman Apocalypse. Superman yeah, Batman Apocalypse. That was the retelling of her origins from the Jeff Loeb comics. Okay, so, yeah. and it was, but she was played by Summer Glau, uh, River ah, uh, from Serenity, casting. Firefly. Mm-hmm. Just watch Serenity. I, I didn't mean mm-hmm. to prioritize the name anyway. I'll go through. <laughs> no, that was. If you you're better off watching that cartoon than than reading the comics, but the comics don't age. It was well. great. She's a little angrier, and, and I, I don't know. I really like Firefly, so yeah. so that was brilliant casting. For Summer me. Glau is great yeah. to play that, and I like the premise in that is that Superman and Batman both want to raise her, but then they give her to Wonder Woman as well to teach her what's up. And then Darkseid kidnaps her, and he wants to teach her. And it's all like mm-hmm. a, the battle of the surrogate parents. Mm. I, I like that setup. That brings us to the day where Supergirl is in a relatively successful show. And they're sure. starting to introduce a lot of those concepts in there, too. Like, her mother is very important. The Phantom Zone is very important. They introduce a twin sister to her mom, who is who's the big bad of this season. And mm. it's it's been an exciting so show. So it's not Faye Dunaway in a funhouse. <laughs> no. In an abandoned fun... In a fucking Scooby-Doo locale, <laughs> Supergirl movie. I'm not. I'm not done with you. I'm just saying. I'm Calista, not, not, Calista not, Flock, not angry about that. Calista Flockhart isn't evil, but she does have the Faye mm-hmm. Dunaway position of being the the older established actress uh, who works with Supergirl and mm-hmm. kind of like lends credence to the show. Of like, oh, I I've won awards and I was in a hit show. 15 years ago. I'll be in this show now. Yeah, that, that is a, a weird role that, uh, like, I just started watching Jessica Jones, and uh, uh, Trinity from yeah. The Matrix is, like, the... Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so weird. Like Rene the, the, Russo had that in the in the Thor films, yeah. and I wonder if Kate Blanchett is going to have to be that now. I don't know, but uh, I forgot she existed. She she is in the third Thor film, mm. which uh, supposedly will be a team up film before. But they, they just started having Thor. the Supergirl series announced that the Supergirl series will interna- interact within. Yeah, uh, that's the big news yeah. that uh, the Flash will be on. It won't be a full fledged crossover mm. apparently, but as in like shared episodes. Mm. But the Flash will appear. On Supergirl, which is great, and the Flash in his show right now is already jumping between dimensions sure. so much, it'd be so easy for him to show up there. And I'd love for him to just say, like, who's Superman? Like, I don't know who's Superman. My planet doesn't have Superman. I, God, I don't know. I hope it suggests some kind of consolidation over the... The, the cinematic universe of DC. Cause I, yeah, well, I mean, I could even see them having, like... they. I think they joked about it that Ezra Miller Mm -hmm. theatrical Flash Mm -hmm. could meet TV Flash the same way just jump between dimensions they've Flash season two is all about the multiverse being real so you're telling me right now that the television universe for DC is Earth 2 well they identify as Earth 1 but uh, sons of bitches so that would make yeah that would make them Earth 2 man but anyway that is the superhero spotlight for Kara Zor-El Uh, and on the website mm. page for this on lasertimepodcast.com, mm-hmm. I'll have some recommended reading for mm-hmm. great Supergirl Thanks. books. I would love to check to that read. out. So let's get into the news. You did mention Flash appearing on Supergirl. That's apparently mm-hmm. going to happen in a March episode. Mm-hmm. And that would be great. I love them. The, I think those two would just have good chemistry. Gu- yeah. Gustin like, Grant. I have loved and... every second of the Flash television show. Yeah. When it's not boring, like not not boring, but it's it's, but it's a, a, well, it's weird when it's a police procedural, right? It, it's like, it's just weird that it's it's so television. And yeah. like I'm, I, I've watched Daredevil and Jessica Jones, which are not television. Mm. They they feel very comic booky. It's not TV. It's but Netflix. then but then the Flash still like goes way beyond what mm. either of those shows would ever do in terms of yeah. representing its comic roots. Yeah, it's an interesting balance that mm-hmm. it's more comic booky, but because I think also because they got to hit 22 episodes that But it moves slower. Yeah, it moves slower. It feels like there's just filler of yes. Okay, 5 minutes of action in the start. Now let's talk about I, what are we going to do? I know. I, I like, got to science something I didn't up mean here. to say boring, but it feels like there's a phantom edits cuz when the, like <laughs> the, the show hits a high like every like four times an episode yeah. totally. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot a lot of lulls compared to Jessica Jones and Daredevil. Yeah, I I think it's just a very it's a scientific choice like they're just yeah. like we gotta beat the like beat by beat let's have this shit happen because it's also it superpowers especially the flashes are expensive you mm-hmm. can only do them in short yeah. bursts yep. uh, meanwhile things I wish were in short bursts the presidential campaign of Donald Trump <laughs> attaboy uh, mm, so look there. that guy I don't know he's he, the best he's the best yeah. supervillain you could ever hope for <laughs> really and now he's not gonna he's, be president we'll have nothing to complain about I know man we'll just have Tom Ted Cruz who's just a yeah. A slimy loser. Oh, yeah. you're a boring misogynistic yeah. racist. Yeah. Did Lex Luthor uh, ever run for president? I have to imagine. He, he became president totally. uh, in 2004 or 2000. He became president. Ooh. He did indeed. Uh, but as a third party candidate, just so you couldn't say Lex uh, Luthor's a Republican or a Democrat or whatever. So he was. Well, third we've party. lived through. I've voted for Ralph Nader enough times. Go for it, Don. <laughs> Make <laughs> it happen. Are you going to vote for Bernie Sanders? Bernie when he Sanders. Goes to his party? <laughs> Bernie Sanders. It is the smart thing to do. Is smart thing to do. <laughs> and I'm a socialist, and I will not read anything after the new 52. <laughs> <laughs> so Donald Trump did one of his wonderful things where he, he challenges somebody to a charity off, which is just a great way to like make charity work for you for political gains. It's mm-hmm. really great. Uh, and so when he sat out... By the, the way, buy the Ubisoft bundle and support <laughs> the stack up. The stack yeah, up, baby. Do that. That's mm-hmm. what you should be doing. But, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he did a charity thing for veterans, but really was a promotional piece for him to be like, I'm not doing the, I'm not doing the debates and... And then he announced during it that he had gotten a mi- the, the charity mm-hmm. had gotten a million dollar donation Jesus, from man. Ike Perlmutter, the CEO of Marvel. Oh, you weren't just on a soapbox. No, this is leading into the news. No, this really happened. Yeah. Sorry, yes. I did. Yes, I did. I didn't want to just complain about Donald Trump, but it was just it put me in a difficult mm-hmm. position as a Marvel. I fan. cannot wait till you do the the superhero spotlight on uh, Ike Perlmutter. <laughs> it, well, so Ike Perlmutter. You're going to tell me about him. Like, how did he get? How did he get this job? He's well, oh. I read the I read the book written by 
pretty much written by Ike Perlmutter about why Ike Perlmutter is a genius who bought Marvel Comics. But the it's short, in the footnotes. He cited everything. <laughs> the short version is that him and Avi Arad were just these two Israeli businessmen who had who got the colon globus of comic books. Kind of, <laughs> but they're not as they're not as goofy as them. Yeah. They're just uh, Ike Perlmutter is seen as like this. Like super strict, super serious businessman, yeah. and he ended up in the toy business doing toy biz mm-hmm. uh, toys. And the thing that was making him the most money were Marvel toys. But he was sick of paying licensing fees. Yeah, and Marvel was in trouble. And he sees Marvel's in trouble. Warren Buffett is also trying to buy it at the same time. Warren Buffett of you know the super rich, yes, liberal of dude, course. Yeah. But Ike wins the bid, and he gets Marvel. He purchases Marvel, and he's owned it ever since. And Avi Arad can't was, shake him. Was the TV was the guy who was like these should be movies like Ike Perlmutter is the one who like in the Sony hack emails was saying we can't do a Black Widow movie look at these three superhero movies starring women they all failed we mm-hmm. shouldn't do it it's bullshit and I Which hate that argument it's a very terrible argument yes. and, and then people also some in rumors blame him for the Fantastic Four getting shut down because mm-hmm. he's pissed off that Fox wouldn't give him back Fantastic Four mm-hmm. same same reason that the X Men are in the position they're in now it kind of all falls on Ike's feet and it could just be that he's a super rich dude and he's the one you blame for everything I understand him being that angry as a business I don't know but they also just paint him as a dude who like won't even give people free drinks like he's like you're on on my business plane you're not drinking that soda drink like he's it, uh, I, I, I hate your water say, bill. I'm not paying for any more of your drinks. I hasten to say that he is cheap because that is a horrible stereotype of Jewish people. Look what Hank just did. Look what he did. I would not do that. Uh, but he's also, I, I, Any complaint that's not directed at me this week, I'm all for it. But he's also a hardcore Republican, which mm. is like, in, in coming out of this, his wife, it, it, I didn't know this, his wife last year gave $2 million mm-hmm. directly to Mark Rubio. Gave it mm-hmm. to gave uh, it to that Republican, which dude, now so. looks positively sane, and yeah. I would support what it. What a centrist! <laughs> yeah. yeah, but so them doing that for Trump, it just felt like it wasn't Marvel Comics giving money to mm-hmm. it, though. Definitely, some the writers that I follow on Twitter and artists, some were not happy about yeah. that, especially mm-hmm. especially G Willow Wilson, the Muslim woman who mm-hmm. writes and created Miss Marvel. Marvel. But it's also just Marvel is had been striving for diversity sure. and all these things and so it's weird to see their owner go with one of the most like anti-diversity mm-hmm. candidates there are and then meanwhile there you have the most diverse roster there is sure. it's, it's a weird dichotomy and G. Willow Wilson had this amazing uh, Tumblr post she, just look it up it's great but her explaining how she didn't like the answer she was getting but she also loves Miss Marvel and love what, what it means mm-hmm. to people so yeah. she she's not going to quit it immediately but she Definitely is uncomfortable. No, now. it does. It, it, well, like, I mean, like I remember um, reading a stuff. Man, I was really politically involved back when Dan Rather was forced off of the CBS News. Yes, and sort of the idea that like even um, news anchors are forbidden as far as journalistic mm-hmm. integrity from contributing to the campaign of anybody. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like we're so politicized right now. I I, I think that will eventually fall to private people. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a, if you're a public person in the spotlight, mm-hmm. you can't. I, I don't I don't know. Well, this this brought Marvel like a bunch of weird attention. And yeah. like I don't think it's it's not crazy to be a Republican. It's not crazy uh, to donate money to your And I mean candidate. on the other side, like Stan Lee has mm-hmm. given lots of money to Hillary sure. Clinton and hosted things. Like he's I love he's, her. He's, I a, love. he's been politicized too. This is not just saying like I do hate that a Republican got money from Marvel Comics sure. and but it's not it's not about that so I, much. Donald it's, Trump is weirder. I, under, yes. I understand that. He's a crazy person who has been allowed to be on Also, film. if you give him a million dollars, he's going to get he's going to make less than a million out of it. As he's proven when he uh, inherited it more money than he's uh, worth now. Anyway. Look, politically, I only slightly disagree with Republicans mm-hmm. on every issue. <laughs> only uh, slightly on every <laughs> But Donald Trump will sink your party. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm uh, in that way. I'm kind of excited for yes. it. But uh, <laughs> all right, let's out of the politics game. Um, so the Teen Titans, we did say uh, we did say the Teen Titans TV series had been uh, canceled, but oh. the DC boss says not as dead as you think. TNT might not want it, but we're very committed to making this a live action property. That's the spirit. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't think it should be a. I don't think it should be a movie like mm-hmm. live action Teen Titans series. 
mm, kind of bothers the shit how, out of me. How long could you run that exactly. for? Like, yeah. they're not going to be teens. For, like, they're, well, they're, they're going to just be titans, not teens. They're going to have to hire people, like, well, really? Like, 14-year-olds, and then mm-hmm. they age up, you and then so? you're in the Dawson's Creek problem. I guess. I guess well, they're they, still young people, but... They could kind of do what they did in one of the reboots, which was have grown, three grown-up heroes sure. who used to be sidekicks managing three teens who mm-hmm. are now sidekicks. Because I, I saw the trailer for Teen Titans versus uh, Justice League. Yeah, that looks fun. And, like, the the age disparity seemed to be all over the fucking place. Yeah, because well, I think it was that Starfire, Starfire is a grown-up. Starfire looks 29 years old. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so there were some new nominees for the uh, Hall of Fame, or uh, new choices for the Eisner Hall of Fame. So the two... Winners of uh, getting inducted in the Eisners are Tove Jansen, who did Moomin, this uh, comic book. <laughs> Was that book Stephen Colbert's like... uh, sci-fi character? <laughs> I don't know. If you looked at them here, they're like these hippopotamus-type things <laughs> that are in like black and white comic strip. Like huh. they feel vaguely familiar to yeah. me, but like, but they're like they're less like famous than comics. Smurfs. Or, or like a British cartoon that would run on Nickelodeon in mm. the late eighties. So uh, the Moomin and Muffins. Are getting Eisner Awards. No, no, the other one is Carl Burgos, yeah. who I had not heard of before, which shows you can learn something mm-hmm. new every day. He is the creator of Human Torch, the original mm-hmm. Human ah. Torch. The first Human Torch comic was written and drawn by him, and he, you know, apparently didn't work too much longer at Timely Comics at the time, but that's a very important part of, of Marvel Comics history right there, and it's a game, it's a name like Tove Johnson, Johnson, Jansen. Marvel never mm-hmm. talks about them. They talk about, you know, I know easily who created Captain America, Joe mm-hmm. Simon, and, and Jack Kirby. But Human Torch, they haven't made it famous for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. There was also a really cool video shared by Unseen64 this week. Yeah. The canceled Dark Knight game. Like, the most information I'd ever seen mm-hmm. in it mm-hmm. uh, all just pulled into one place. Love that the, website. The video's hosted on our site, too. I posted about it. Uh, but the short version is that the poor people at Pandemic... Uh. In the B studio of Pandemic, not even their A studio, but Brisbane mm-hmm. Pandemic, they were hired to make a Dark Knight game. And they worked there, no good games come out of there. It's, what? I, <laughs> they made the saboteur, didn't they? Uh, that wasn't a good game, but that was I, that was, was the LA branch anyway. Yeah. And actually, the saboteur fucked but Dark that, Knight. That thing. EA had like when I played Batman Begins, you can see it in that article. Yeah, I was astonished by like how much credit Dark um, Arkham Asylum is given for a mm. good Batman game because the seeds of that are sown mm. in the EA. Pandemic. I don't know if it was pandemic. Well, that one then. wasn't pandemic, but mm. they were get, so they got the rights to Dark Knight, mm. and they were originally working on one in the style of Batman Begins sure. with you know these are levels. Yes. They weren't going to do an open world. Yeah. Then they hear about they're Arkham hearing Simon. about how awesome the saboteur mm. engine oh. is, and so they just decide we should make it open world. We can do it, and wow. they're working on it, trying to make this open world game, and they're right up against it, and then EA buys Pandemic mm-hmm. during development, and it's just not going well. And the EA tells them, you gotta get this out, like, you're not gonna hit the June release date in 2008. Yeah. You gotta get this out by December, or mm-hmm. it's done. And this was how close they were to the, in December, their license runs out too, mm. so it's oh, got to be boy. December. It, by September, they realized it wasn't going to happen. Mm. Like, and that's when they, but they were that close to being like, you know, what? announced it in December or mm-hmm. announced it in September. Put it out December. Boom, done it. The the other thing that was funny about it to me was that Gary Oldman was the one who spilled the beans on it because mm. tons of NDAs. You were not like mm, yeah. the world would not know there was a Dark Knight sure. video game anyway until Gary Oldman was just in an interview on yeah. G four and they said. And why isn't there a Dark Knight game? And he's like, there's not. Actually, there is one. They showed me this level. It looked pretty cool. It's Batman flying around. Really looking forward to it. I love and, that. Because mm-hmm. celebrities might sign the NDNAs, but yeah. they will never they will never EA's look over them before they talk, them. and you yeah. cannot do yeah. anything to them. Yeah, EA can't. Research yeah. Ghostbusters video game and Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> exactly. Same deal. Like it, Here's the all the achievements. Uh, so, yeah, I hear there's DLC for days. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a, be great. It, it's a tragic story, though. Then again, a year later, Arkham Asylum comes out. And just, just imagine the world where, like, an okay Dark Knight game mm-hmm. comes out. And then six months later, Arkham Asylum comes out. But I, like, I did stream it that one time. The Batman Begins game is fascinating. It's not mm-hmm. the bad Dark Tomorrow 
uh, era game. Uh, we play it, that it, one is, it is the seeds of Arkham are in that game. It's really weird. Yeah, because yeah. it, it, it's small levels that barely have to do anything to do with the movie. Even though Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine and Christian Bale are in it. <laughs> well, it is the first Batman game like made in the shadow of yeah. you know uh, Siphon Filter and mm-hmm. Metal Gear Four mm-hmm. and all that. So they had they had something to go off. It's of. difficult to think of it like that, but yes, that's exactly where it's from. Um, oh, sure. and then lastly, <laughs> I felt like I hadn't been using the sound effects enough. Go for it. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, last one was that the DC Legends has been teasing some crazy characters that they're going to start in, including in the show. More crazy characters? Sandman. Uh, wow. The original Red what? Tornado, which is a person in red pajamas and a bucket <laughs> on their head. Our Man. Like, all these very obscure characters wow. that are going to do it. Because I realize now that's what DC... DC Legends mm-hmm. of Tomorrow... Allows the same kind of thing that like the Justice League Unlimited did. It just we've got these core characters, and now they're in a spaceship that can go anywhere yeah. and visit any character they yeah. want to in any universe and not mess stuff up. And so <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, oh, and a brief update: that Jason Aaron, one of my favorite comic book writers, Star Wars baby, known for his gigantic beard, shaved his <gasps> beard off. He Jaren. shaved it off. <sighs> he looks fine. He scalped himself. Well, though he's not like baby smooth, though mm-hmm. he he's shaved it down to uh, I guess where Chris you're at right now. But that was or, a, this is all an accident, or like three <laughs> days growth from you, perhaps. This is but, one hour. I'm Italian. <laughs> uh, but speaking of one hour, it'll be less than one hour till the next segment because we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what we've been reading and your answers to last week's question of the week. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the break for this week's episode of Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast. I thank you all for listening, as I always do. Your dedication and your nice, kind words and all your help and uh, people who send me even some free copies of comics. Uh, you know who you are. Casey, Sean, Eric, and and others, thank you all so much for your help. I also thank you for your support at patreon.com slash laser time, where you can support us for five 10 even more a month and help us pay our bills it's the easiest way to directly support this podcast and the rest of the podcast if you enjoy it so thank you very much to everybody who does that because you get so many great extras also if you wanted to help us out you could just buy things on amazon but wait there's a catch not not really but just go to lasertimepodcast.com and you'll see a bunch of links to amazon on the right side of the page same with in the article for this week's episode there's a bunch of links to amazon now you could buy what we suggest because we think those are cool things but if you're going to buy anything through amazon if you do it through those links a little bit of money gets sent back our way and helps pay the bills Oh, and one more thing, too, if you'd like to help out and you haven't reviewed the show yet on iTunes, that'd be really helpful as well. So if you got the time, please do so. Now it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. This week's Pick of the Week is Lazarus Volume 1, just to get started with Lazarus, because reading the fourth volume just reminded me how much I really enjoy that book. It's it's never at the top of my pile with, like, Southern Bastards or Saga when I get into image books. But it's always like right behind those. It's such a great, fun book. And I just love the artwork of Michael Lark. He's a very underappreciated draftsman. He's really good. And Greg Rucka, a great writer and a great co-author with Michael Lark. I would suggest buying the first book or you can buy the first like mega collection, which has like the first 11 issues. There'll be a link to that on this week's episode page on lasertimepodcast.com. So check that out. All right. Back to the rest of the show. Welcome back, everybody, to the second segment where we talk about what we have been reading. 
Uh, and I read uh, a, an eclectic group of books today. So of the books that came out today, I read Mirror Number One. Man, it's hard to explain. It's it's by Emma Rios, who is an artist I really enjoy. She did uh, Pretty Deadly with Kelly Sue DeConnick. I really enjoy that book. The, the book is very strange. It's like trying to do world building in the style of saga. And so a first issue is just weird for that. It's like, oh, this is a... Very strange future sci-fi magic world with furries in it. And all these talking animals, it's really not making sense to me. But it's an interesting start uh, of, a, of a book. It's definitely worth two I'd say, to check out. The art's gorgeous in it. Also, I started reading from uh, Image from last week. I read Southern Bastards 13. Fuck, I'm so behind in Southern Bastards. Which is, well, it's the end of a storyline. Like, I, I didn't mean to be this caught up with it, but it was really good like yeah. it is it's the big homecoming game against yeah Wata- i saw like the the, the, the cover is like all football yep, it <laughs> right is, in time for the super bowl it is a full football game played in a comic book and it's really great and it also once you read it you're like boss is the main character i realize this now like i have been waiting for another character to show yes. up to be the main character yeah. but you're like no boss is simply the main character of this book now he's a bad guy but he's the main guy uh then i read lazarus volume four the fourth collection of lazarus which gregory Michael Lark, amazing, real fun book. Not 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 like a number one book in my mind, but it's always a fun read to read their like dystopian future uh, Game of Thrones book. And then the other Marvel book I read this week was Howard the Duck number four, which had a really cute scene where it was it was the funniest scene of implied violence to a blind person I've seen in a very long time. It is. Is really great, and it has Howard hanging out with the Thing, and I think those two as a combo are perfect. Howard the Duck and Ben Grimm just bouncing off each other is hilarious to me. Uh, and I caught up with last week's issue of Star Wars number fifteen, which is another like Obi Wan flashback, and it was a lot of fun. I really liked it when they did that last time, and, and like seeing it was young, beautiful seeing young Luke is really great, and to see the artist does such a good job of drawing Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru mm. who are just, you know, ugly <laughs> character actors from 1976. Yeah. They're not, they're not May idols. Like one of them is wearing a jean jacket for no reason. And then serves blue milk. <laughs> and, yeah. And there's great little lines of him looking for like Owen's looking still in the past, looking for a droid that speaks bocce. <laughs> and I now after seeing it, like if they do a young uncle Owen adventures, he should be played by James Corden. I think uh. he looks just like him. <laughs> I don't, think they'll ever do that but uh yeah it'll be a lot well they got to move fast james corden like you gotta do the next 10 years before james corden is too old uh but that's all i read i did watch the second part of uh, dc's legend tomorrow very interesting series and a shocking thing happens in episode two though they are time travelers so even if a shocking death happens don't assume it's forever is my feeling and meanwhile, Flash is getting really great again. It's, it's getting its momentum back up, if I may make a speed mm. pun. <laughs> uh, let's check with The Walking Dave. Dave, hey. you did uh, read The Walking Dead today, did not you? Yes. Um, <clears throat> so that, that I read issue 151. Um, I, like I said last time, I talked about Walking Dead. 150 was kind of a letdown. Like uh-huh. I expected another big, you know, with what happened in issue 100, I expected... Something big to happen, and it was more like it was. You know, they set up an army. Like the the what Rick is doing now is He's ba- building an army. Bu- he literally says, "I'm building an army in the knee." Yeah, which is like <laughs> okay, that's momentous, but it's not a shocking event. But so this new issue is it's just more of that. It's more. It's like how how are they training the army and and stuff like that. And again, not it's kind of. This is kind of like the calm before the storm sort of period. Because well, the whispers are still hanging around after kicking their ass yeah. and killing like half a dozen of the cats. Yeah. I mean, but the most interesting thing is is that the end of the issue seems to indicate that there are, I mean, more survivors, which is, I guess, not that shocking. But like, there's a way of communicating with new people. Is mm, they uh, build yeah. a telegraph? Mm, don't want to look at. I don't want to say too much. Right. Be too spoiler, but. It, it it does uh, it it's a good setup issue. It, it isn't uh, you know interesting on its own, but when you consider what's what what could be ahead in that case, I think. Uh, do you I mean do a it. zombie severed head? Is that what uh, could be ahead? <laughs> uh, well, Dave, what, Dave, there's also your homework. Yes, uh, did you do uh, your homework? I this did. Week? I read uh, Batman: Mad Love and other stories by Paul Dini and Bruce Tim. Uh, so I have to convince I, I I've never actually watched the cartoon. What? I well never a full episode. Oh. So in that case, I was a little bit like. Why not, Dave? Don't you have the? 
Jesus I don't. Christ. Well, no, it was Sorry. just the way it was when I was a kid. I'm like, Animaniacs are over, and oh, no more funny cartoons. Yeah, I'll watch Judge Judy. What the fuck? Would... I don't know. I would go to like Say by, by the, the Bell. bell or, yeah, yeah, or uh, <laughs> Wild and Crazy Kids, or uh, Donkey Basketball, uh, Shorts. I don't know, but I really liked. I liked. Um, like the the first comic in it was really good. I mean, the main event is Mad Love, and then it's yeah, just yeah. the supporting stuff. Yeah, and I mean, some of those were kind of like they're too they're too quick. They're like three four pages. Yeah, can't really build anything. That's what they're supposed to be. And then the one at the end is just like this masturbation over Jack Kirby with yeah. Kirby and uh, it's such Kirby drawn stuff with him and the demon hanging. And out. that one is not. I'm not that into it. I they even that's, say at the end like yeah. there's like this afterward where they're like, uh, we realized a month ahead of time that we had to write a four page forty eight page issue. Shoe, and we kind of did it on the seat of our pants and like burnt the midnight oil. Like, I have to what? interrupt because I read, uh, and I want you to go back to that uh-huh. uh, because I have to run and try oh, okay. and get the website back up. Uh, Spider Man is that what it's called now? Oh yeah, because Miles Morales is simply the st- he's the star of simply Spider Man. It's just, but Spider-Man. not to be confused with Amazing Spider Man or Spidey. Mm-hmm. Also, Jesus, Marvel, or, you did it again, or any of the Spider Women books yes, either. You did it again, or uh, Web Warriors. Uh, but I, I love Miles Morales, and mm-hmm. he's way older than the last time I read um, yeah, a book by a him. Lot, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Wait, why is he here? Because he gave a hamburger to him. Uh, sure, him. I, he did. Mm-hmm. But the reason why his parents are there, and Genki, his mm-hmm. uh, his tubby friend who's coaching him and being a superhero, uh, how did they get uh, what, whitelisted think, into the yeah, 616? I guess you're just going to have to shrug your shoulders. I know like, the yeah. 616 doesn't exist. Don't send me anything. I know. But, it's, uh, it's Earth. It's prime Earth. And that's, that's my only real question about it because mm-hmm. I, I think he's a much more interesting Peter Parker. Yeah, at I mean, this point today, Peter Parker's a businessman. He had to. Yeah. He had to grow old. He's not in school. But anymore, he's really. he's in high school. Um, uh, no, I don't know where he is because everybody's super aged up and they're in. I, well, he seems, they had a name for it, Brooklyn Visions. Well, it's strange though because he seems old though in the. He seems old though in the comics, or he seems still young in the Uncanny Avengers books, the Avengers books with him and the. Uh, where he teams up with Miss Marvel and Nova, the other teen heroes. So mm-hmm. it's it's hard to tell. But yeah, he's gotten... I think it just Brian Michael Bendis just shrugs like, look, I kept the supporting cast yeah. I wanted. No, no. The, the Ultimate the, Universe didn't they're happen. They're so important. Like, I love his mother and father. Yeah. They're great characters. Well, so they killed King. off his mother, so they had to bring... She came back. Did like, she? See, yeah. that's what I was confused about. Like, in the first issue, you're not going to explain, like, how are these people? Like, I don't know anybody here. Well, it's a prob- but I have But I have a house. It's a problem for such a low-level, street-level hero to then have to say, well, part of his origin is magic. Space magic. He exists because of a space god said he should. It like, is space magic. But I really have to go. I love right. you guys. Uh, well, thank you, time, Chris. All that stuff. Bye. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I also liked the very last comic, which was... I don't even know the, who this character is, or actually characters, but uh, Two-Face has this girlfriend Oh, who... yeah, that's, that's just a quick little aside. Like, yeah. it doesn't... It's not based on anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is a weird thing to like tie. It's basically just the artist and writer together mm-hmm. over the course of the book. Yeah, well, Dave, the, the short version of why that book exists mm-hmm. is because they wanted to sell Mad Love again, but it's not big enough to fill that yeah. whole thing. So they make it kind of an anthology of Bruce Tim and Paul Dini yeah. were the creators. They they were the guys who ran the animated series, yeah. and occasionally they do comics on the side. Yeah, and so just over time, they had done enough comics on the side that. They it added up to enough to get collected yeah. to that. So that's like here's everything, yeah. everything they did. Together. And I mean, there is a nice theme of like most of these comics also seem to focus a lot on like the the women characters yeah. in, in the Batman universe. Like there's this one uh, on a on a rocket jet or whatever that is yeah, really neat, that's but, the ultimate thrill. She's yeah. a sexy character. Man. Yeah, uh, that's where they had one of the like she's in their most sexy episode they ever did. Uh, ultimate thrill. But yeah, I. I really like that. I actually read a funny quote from Bruce Tim uh, talking about how. So they just did the um, Justice League Gods mm-hmm. and Monsters thing, where it's about an evil Justice League in a different universe, and in it, he did a Harley Quinn in that who is just a monster mm-hmm. and crazy and a stripper, and then she gets murdered by Batman. Huh. And Bruce Tim said it was his response to what he thought they were doing wrong with yeah. with Harley at the time. Where they turned her into a suicide girl as part of the Suicide Squad, mm. and just she was 
in her underwear all the time. He's like, oh, so you want a stripper mm. type? Uh, you want a hyper sexualized Harley mm-hmm. Quinn who murders people? Fine, I'll give you the I'll give you the <laughs> meanest version of that I can because that seems to be what you want. Mm. And then I'll kill her to show you it's wrong. So, so yeah, I, I would give it a solid B. Like a the, the solid B. Yeah, a. some re- some good high points, but yeah, there were a lot. There were a few too many like four page comics where it's like this ends before it builds up to anything yeah well because they only yeah. had time for four pay or they only yeah. had four pages to fill so yeah. alright all right, so, you give it a B for Batman so did you grab the Batman. pile yes I think all there right. might be some extra things in there that aren't part Let's, of my homework so yeah there are yeah. but we'll get we'll get around those anyway so Dave <clears throat> your new homework is either mm-hmm. Gotham Central Volume 1 the amazing book that takes mm-hmm. place in the Batman universe but with the cops of Gotham mm-hmm S.H.I.E.L.D., the really fun team-up book that takes you around the world of Marvel through the eyes of a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, Agent Coulson, to be mm-hmm. pre- uh, to be precise. And Coffin, a fun, well, not a fun, <laughs> a dark horror book about a man who gets immortality, but at what price? Hmm, uh, since it's been a bridesmaid for so long, I'm going to go with the S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D., all right, yeah. Dave, thank you. I was curious, one of these days I think you're going to pick Coffin because you're tired of colorful superhero books. I know, but, uh, yeah, but uh, I feel like I'm one away from that. All right, but... well, Dave, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, that sound means it's time for the question of the week, <laughs> where we question things Mystery. just like the X-Files yeah. questions things. Good new episode this week, the comedy one. I've heard that's the best one, yeah. and uh, I, I haven't watched it yet, though I did see a sexy gif of... Uh, of Jillian Anderson uh, saying, like, I want to make you say cheese. Yeah. I was like, whoa. It's another, like we talk about in that laser time, where it's uh, it's altered reality with unreliable narrators kind of thing. Classic. But, That's yeah. the best. I, I'm, glad, I'm glad they realized Chris Carter couldn't do shit on this yeah. and wrote a terrible opening and just... The one thing uh, that I, I don't like about that episode is that it's called uh, Mulder and Scully Meet the Wear Monster, and, like... Their names are never in the episodes. You can't yeah. just start doing that. That's not a clever title name. Yeah. Like, no. But anyway. Last week's question of the week was, what artist do you really like that did you really like that eventually got bad or lost their mm-hmm. skill? Uh, John Wahizel says, oh, God, so many. Neil Adams was a legend, but his recent output is hot garbage. Same goes for David Finch. He takes so long to draw new issues, but half the time the panels look rushed and have no continuity. However, recently my new former fave is Ryan Stegman. His art was awesome on Superior Spider-Man. I agree. Yeah, but his current art on Uncanny Avengers just looks weird. I also agree. What happened to drawing normal arms and legs? And like, yeah, uh-huh. on all his characters, like his like the arms look like reverse Popeye. Is in like the forearms Oof. are like super skinny. Like same with the like calves are super skinny. It's it's like overpronounced bones or something. It's very yeah. weird. Uh, Brandolph said Frank Miller. I enjoy his I enjoyed his Sin City graphic novels a lot when I was in my teens, and I love the silhouette art style and his style with the Batman characters. But now the man has just gone a wall. Maybe I just grew out of his style of art. Or knowing that he's a crackpot has affected my opinions hmm. of him and turned me off to Miller and his work completely. S.M.I.D. said, <laughs> uh, I almost read that as Smide, but yeah, obviously. S.M.I.D. said, <laughs> not to speak ill of the dead, but Michael Turner's Cheesecake Ladies were my favorites 15 years ago or whenever. I even got all his Civil War variant covers when they were releasing. Looking back on at the art, though, it's pretty embarrassing. For the most part, he drew three different faces for ladies, and every single one had basically the same body, slightly adjusted for height. J. Scott Campbell's Black Cat Mary Jane Gwen Stacy variant around the Superior Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man relaunch are straddling the same line for me. Moop says... I got into comics when Image was founded, and I seriously thought Rob Liefeld's art was good. Then people would point out how terrible he was at drawing hands, feet, and proportions in general. (laughs) Oh, just the entire human body. It doesn't help that he's been known to rip off other artists. I'm still amazed that he can work in the industry, being the butt of so many jokes. A runner-up is Bart Sears, and this is one like only I like only people who read Wizard in the '90s remember. I read Wizard a lot in the '90s. And his How to Draw series really inspired me. But looking back on it now, all his characters look like roided out blobs. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny that the guy's like, you should, here's how to draw, is the worst artist <laughs> of them. Gene Simmons Toyota, good old favorite, also says Neil Adams. 
His Batman Odyssey is one of the most incomparable, incomprehensible comics ever made and just might make Frank Miller's all-star Batman look good. And then he has a panel below that is ridiculous. Hmm. Uh, about 37 pygmy giraffes says <laughs> Mark Bagley is definitely number one. My number one pick. His art on early ultimate Spider-Man looks great. Since almost everyone in the comics is either a teenager or above the age of but the age of fifty, sorry. Since almost everyone in the comic is either a teenager or above the age of fifty, Bagley really shines. His art really stagnated over the years, though, and everyone had a really bad case of same face when drawing the Fantastic Four. Reed and Johnny should not look like twin brothers. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, Shrinking Off said or Shirking Off said. Okay. Frank Cho, as a 13-year-old chronic masturbator, his half-naked giant-boobed women were great. As a 23-year-old SJW, his half-naked giant-boobed women ranged from boring to mildly offensive. So, yeah, I kind of with you there, shirking off. Like, Mm. hey, he he draws some sexy ladies, and cheesecake is not a bad thing in its own, but he's also drawn multiple, like, joke books about saying... Jeez, these SJWs get mad when you draw sexy women. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> Just shut up, Frank Show. Just stop talking. All right, so that's that week's question of the week. But this week's that we'll now answer is about costume changes. We mentioned earlier uh, Supergirl and her regrettable 70s headband when she mm-hmm. died in 1985. So, what is the worst costume change for your favorite comic book character? Now, I have a couple for The Thing, who I'll pick, because, look, Spider-Man has had some bad costumes, but the red and blue are always around. Mm-hmm. It's such a constant, you can't even hate it. Meanwhile, with The Thing in the Fantastic Four, he's changed his outfit so many times to, like, a wrestling singlet, to mm-hmm. pants, to, uh, like, just tidy whities almost. But I'd say his worst one is one that Brett talked about on here not too long ago, which is when he basically became a pine cone. He was just jagged edges everywhere. And yeah. it was ridiculous looking. And then all he has over that is just a pair of like tiny blue pants. Hmm. It's ridiculous. And same with uh, underpants, not even full yeah. pants. Uh, second to that would be when he wore a helmet in the 90s after Wolverine's cut his face. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't. What a revolting development. That damn, uh, that <laughs> dang Canadian scratch my j- mug line. <laughs> jo- boys. So, um, Dave, save me, <laughs> save me from that improvisation. I uh, again, I'm gonna kind of uh, cheat a little on, on the question. Of, no, uh, though, when Carl got the the cowboy hat, didn't like. <laughs> no, um, I'm gonna say this is more of a cosmetic change than a costume change. But when Superman got long hair, Ooh, not yeah. a fan. Now that mullet was supposed to make him look with it. And yeah, cool. he's a '90s superhero. Yeah, no. He's not your dad, Superman. Nope. And now it just dates it so it's, yeah, bad. Yeah, really terribly. It, I didn't mind it at the time either. Yeah. I thought, like, oh, what a cool guy. He's got hair like uh, like Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, yeah. That super cool guy, Billy Ray Cyrus. I guess... That's <laughs> not I guess to, uh, to tie that into an actual costume, though this might also not count. I but from I but would say that counts. The, um, the Death and Return of Superman movie, that costume that they kept trying to make for... Nick Cage. Oh, yeah. That's, with all the pulsating electric stuff. It's like, come on. That's quite amazing, yeah. yeah. It makes you, like, love the current yeah. outfits. Which, like, who uh, cares uh, if it's a slightly darker version of what he's wearing? Yeah. Oh, by bad. the fuck, I did forget this in the news. I wish Chris had been here for it, but I learned a lot about Barbie this week because mm. I didn't know there was... There's the collector's label for Barbie. So yeah. there's kids' Barbies, whatever, but they realize collectors love it too. Yeah, like Smithers. So they, yeah, like Smithers. <laughs> so they created Black Label Barbie, which oh are the my. fancier Barbies. But it's also how they snuck in boy toys into uh. Barbie. <laughs> and so I didn't know about this until they announced this week Black Label of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. So uh. Barbies of Batman and Superman are existing, which is pretty nuts, to uh. I think. And it's also coming around the same time as like. Barbie is getting an SJW relaunch. Mm. I say that in vindictive quotes, <laughs> not really. But she's getting a more diverse lineup of, like, there's curvy Barbie and, uh, like, blogger Barbie and <laughs> and Barbie of every ethnicity and, and shape. Like, it's it's very is different. From, blogger Barbie poor? 
Yeah, <laughs> she should. Yeah. No, she has right. like she does have like that side mullet thing, or you know mm-hmm. that thing you'll see on some ladies now with the like shaved Ooh, side of the head and yeah. long hair on top. Nice look. I'm a fan of that. Yeah. So uh, if they want to do that first or for uh, any superheroes, go ahead. Yeah. Well, tell us about what looks you hate of your most favorite superheroes and do it in the forums page. There'll be a link to it on this week's episode page, which you'll find on lasertimepodcast.com, or you can just go straight to lasertimepodcast.com slash forums. And speaking of laser time, nerds! <laughs> oh no! Ogre's here! <laughs> oh, He's no. coming to beat up us nerds for doing this Unless it's podcast. after part two because it becomes a nerd in part two. Nerds! No, it's not. It's in for part one. <laughs> that's that's because, one, yes. Uh, so yeah, Dave, this was yeah. kind of your thing. Why don't you talk about it? Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you, I, Chris, and Ah, Mackie uh, did an episode of Laser Time about nerds and nerds. and uh, the various nerds. forms they've taken from the seventies and eighties all wow, the way to today. There you are. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a fun thing that I I kind of collected the clips and presented I, them in a certain way. I love talking about the ups and downs of nerds and yeah. also like how. The creepy sexualization of 80s nerds, yeah. and then oppositely... We're like, all good at fucking. That horrible screech, like, the, yeah, the screech, yeah. Uh, it, it, and then, whatever nerds are today. I mm-hmm. definitely saw the sea change of when nerds wrote about nerds, as opposed yeah. to jock screenwriters writing about yeah. nerds. Like, those fucking jocks writing movies, how dare they? That's sad. <laughs> uh, and there's also 302010, our weekly... Uh, our yeah. weekly discussion of things that happened in pop culture 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. Recently, we talked about uh, two Super Bowls and the Challenger oh, explosion. Uh, and what do we talk about next? Who knows? <laughs> uh, perhaps perhaps yeah. Mr. Belvedere teaching us all about ah. AIDS. Perhaps we'll have that. Or Punky Brewster dealing with the Challenger explosion. Nah, that's in a few weeks. Yeah. Wait, wait for it. But okay. uh, anyway... Uh, there's also Jesus. There's so many things. There's video game apocalypse, a video game podcast we do every week. Mm-hmm. Dave hosted it this week, where he talked about yeah. uh, people who pop out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also VG Empire, the video game music podcast we do uh, every other mm-hmm. week. And the most recent one was about video, uh, the music of Super Mario RPGs. Eat. And then there's also the wrestling, right? yeah, pro wrestling podcast, cheap podcast. Uh, now every week. And, uh, yeah, we cover the goings-on in wrestling, and uh, sometimes I'll throw in some neat little audio goodies. Uh, and also, if you're a fan of... Wow, Bob Mackie! Then you should uh, be listening to Talking Simpsons, our weekly exploration chronologically of every episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. We are at the 17th episode of Season 2. Mm-hmm. We're, we're making headway by 2025, I think we'll be done with this yeah. podcast. If The Simpsons are still on TV. Uh, and, of course, there's all the great things at patreon.com slash laser time, including weekly bonus time mm-hmm. and Monday Night Movie Commentaries, which, guys, you just missed Groundhog Day. And next week, Ooh, oh, boys, it's exciting, Green Lantern. Yeah. Just as Ryan Reynolds is resuming his role as a superhero in a franchise, we watch the time it didn't work out for him in Green Lantern, the 2011 but film. But you and Chris have said you like this movie, right? And so, Brett, we all were on record uh, saying, this, this we'll, isn't as yeah. bad as people said. How wrong were we? Find we out. Uh, and I guess that's about it for yeah. this week. But, uh, uh, you know, check out all those things. Also, you know, at H-E-N-E-R-A-Y-G on yeah. Twitter. That's me. At Dave Run. And until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior.